Hey, Jen. Hey, Tina. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. You're listening to Speaking of Racism. Hey, Jen. Hey, Tina. How you doing? Good. How are you? I am well. All right. Well, good. Well, I am looking forward to jumping into today's episode. And the first thing that we're going to do is have a discussion. Uh, our, our hot topic for today is about the movie Just Mercy, which released everywhere this past Friday. And I know that you went to see it over the weekend, right? I did. I did. I finally got to see it. And I've known about the movie for a really long time, in part because you had shared it with me. So I had been counting down and waiting for this moment. And I was so happy to go and see it. Well, I'm glad you got a chance to see it. And I thought it was kind of cool. You know, you were texting me when you arrived at the theater and then after you left. And it was ironically, while you were in the theater watching the movie Just Mercy, I was here in Dallas hosting a documentary screening and discussion of HBO's True Justice, Brian Stevenson's Fight for Equality. So that's what I was doing while you were watching it. So it was kind of cool that right when I finished my screening and discussion, you were texting me kind of about how you felt about the movie. So I want to get started by reading something for our listeners. And then let's, let's talk about it. I knew I wanted to be an attorney from a very young age. I talked about it, wrote about it, and told everyone I knew that I would go to law school one day. But life happened and a cancer diagnosis changed the trajectory of life for me. Over the years, I've looked into law school and toyed with the idea, but the time and financial investment has felt impossible for me. Yesterday, after watching Just Mercy, that flame was stoked once again. I took that flame and shoved it into a box called reasonable thinking. It's full of things that feel too big or too terrifying to entertain. My husband found that box yesterday, though, and he yanked the flame out with these words. You could still go to law school if you wanted to. Oh, my heart. It feels overwhelming to think about, but I'm definitely thinking now. In the meantime, I'm struck by this movie. I'm struck by the fact that beneath Brian Stevenson's Harvard education was a desire and a vision to change the world and fight injustice. His degree, without his desire, would literally do nothing. But his desire, without a degree, still could. What can I do with this desire? What can you do with your desire? Don't wait for a degree or a large social media following or some important title you think you have to have before you do your part to change the world. If we all believed this and moved in this, can you imagine what we could do to change our world? And that is something that someone we all know, Jen (laughs) Kinney, wrote on on her social media pages on, uh, on Sunday. And that really struck me as powerful and a great conversation starter. So, yeah, so I have to say that it's really interesting to hear somebody else read out loud what I've written. 
I don't know that I've had that happen before. And with like no notice. Yeah, I did spring that on you. (laughs) But it's cool. I appreciate it. The fact that you found it worthwhile to share on the podcast is really cool. So thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think our listeners know you're a writer and you've contributed to several books and and helping uh, put together several books Mm -hmm. that I'm aware of. So we definitely talk about that more in future episodes. But yeah, you've got a great way with words. And so I was really moved by that. Talk to me a little bit about your desire to be an attorney and what watching the movie brought up for you. Yeah, it wasn't long into the movie where I started thinking again. Oh, I've always wanted to be an attorney, you know, and I think back to the little girl in literally third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, who was writing about it and dreaming about it. And at that point, I didn't have a really strong working knowledge of why I wanted to be an attorney. I had a strong sense of justice and an idea about injustice. But at that point, you know, maybe my idea of injustice was, you know, not being able to stay up until whenever I wanted to or something, you know. But it was interesting because our school had us do this thing where we wrote a letter to our older self saying what we were doing. And I just received that a few years ago in the mail. And it was hysterical. Wait, what do you mean? What, what do you so, mean? You mean that child, you wrote this letter in elementary school and then you all mailed it to yourselves like 20 years in the future? Yeah. So the school had, I guess I was in like grade five or six, I'm guessing at this time. And I wrote like what I was doing, who I was married to, what my profession was. And I was in the middle of law school and I was engaged to another attorney, (laughs) you know, and all this stuff. And it was funny to read that, but I was reminded like, oh yeah, that was my dream for a really long time. So watching the movie definitely just got me going again. And I remember a few years back, probably about three or four years ago, I started looking into law school again because I just thought, you know, if there was one thing I still would just love to do, it would be to get my law degree. And I looked into it. And at the time in particular, uh, I had a child with very serious medical issues and just didn't have the time or the money to pursue that. And so I looked at that amount and I was just like, yeah, no, that's not going to be in the cards for me. $100,000, $100,000, seven years, probably not going to be something that I can I can make happen. So yeah, so that's kind of my sad story of like, oh, I'd love to do that, but it feels like a pipe dream. But the bigger point really of what I was writing was what can each one of us be doing right now? Do I need to be an attorney? Do I need to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and years of my life to obtain a law degree? Is that the thing that set Brian Stevenson apart? Is that the thing that motivated him? No, right? It was a a desire, a passion, a willingness, because we know plenty of attorneys, I'm sure, who don't have his passion and don't use their degrees for the work that he's doing, right? And so what is it in him and what is it in me? And this was my reflection. What can I be doing? How can I be working to change the world around me when it comes to specifically mass incarceration, the death penalty, racism, all of these things that are interrelated? So that's really what I was thinking about and writing about in that. And I think that's so important, just bringing to light and highlighting the fact that 
I think a lot of people are walking away from watching this movie asking themselves, what can I do? And that has to have been a part of, you know, the motivation of the filmmakers and why they decided to even turn Brian's book, Just Mercy, into a movie. And as I've, of course, been watching all of the excitement that people have been sharing and posting about after seeing the movie, you know, that's the recurring theme is just how inspired we all are watching the incredible performance of Michael B. Jordan playing Brian Stevenson and watching him bring Brian to life as he interacts with and uh, works with his client, Walter McMillan, as played by Jamie Foxx. And I think all of us, we leave with a sense of, okay, Uh, How can I now go out and be a light and be the change uh, that I want to see in the world? So it reminds me of how I first uh, came to know about Brian Stevenson and his work. The book was given to me by someone that I uh, was working with on some uh, political campaigns during the 2018 midterm election season in Georgia. And I read the book and that was my first introduction to Brian Stevenson, but I was absolutely compelled and moved by his commitment to not only justice, but his commitment to Mm. mercy and how important it was for him to see the humanity in all of the people that he worked with um, and to identify that that was what he was called to do, that he was called to represent people who needed representation. He was called to be the voice of people whose voices had been taken away from them. And so after reading that book, that sparked something in me. Uh, At the time, I was full-blown into a very successful career that I had built for myself in the fitness industry. And I was leading teams. I had this this regional role. I had basically climbed the ladder to a position and a place in my career that I had wanted to be. And yet I felt that there was more for me. I wasn't sure what that more was. But basically after reading the, the, the book, I identified that I needed to figure out what that more was and, and meant for me what it was and then do it. Um, I needed to gather up my courage uh, and my strength and pursue what I felt was my role and my calling and my purpose um, in the world. And that's what I did. And because I felt that Brian was such a tremendous example of someone living out their purpose, it is what caused me to say, I know that I there, that people want to have conversations around racism. Um, and in particular, I was living in and working in predominantly white spaces. That is what the fitness industry looks like. And in particular, uh, the company that I worked for. And I definitely knew that there were people who had a desire to learn more about racism, but not just learn about racism, learn about what they could do to be a part of tearing it down and dismantling it. And that is what motivated me to create my anti-racism and yoga trips and not just create those trips, but to center Brian's work and the work of the Equal Justice Initiative by having those trips take place at the Lynching Memorial and the Legacy Museum. I just want to share this quote because it, I think, encompasses what both you and I are talking about. Brian Stevenson has said, 
You don't change the world with the ideas in your mind, but with the conviction in your heart. Mm -hmm. So I think about your desire as a child to become an attorney. And and now that isn't the path that was carved for you. And yet, because it was a conviction in your heart to facilitate and have these conversations around racism, you created this platform. And now we have this podcast where we're able to connect with people and really help further the conversation and allow people to go deeper into ways that we want to show up that will tear down this systemic institutional problem of racism that bleeds into every part of our society. And in particular, with regards to the criminal justice system, the death penalty, mass incarceration, money bail, police brutality, all of those things. So I just felt that when you posted that, it was just a great reminder and a good reflection of what I think people are feeling when they leave the theater. Um, And along with that, again, I was in the process of hosting this documentary, creating a discussion about Brian and his life and his life's work as an attorney. And that is what everyone who was present at this screening and discussion was saying, is that we want to, we recognize that it has to be more than wanting to show up differently. It has to do with, okay, what are we going to do now? How can we infuse the work into our lives with where we are right. in this moment, right? Some of going to be able to go to law school and have that direct effect on the lives of people who find themselves caught up in the legal system. But the rest of us, some of us are just going to be living our lives and wanting to know what difference we can make. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that it's a great opportunity. What a tremendous opportunity that we all have now that there's this movie and that Brian's work is being celebrated across the globe and it's causing people to say, okay, uh, right where I am, what can I do? What can I do with this? Not just this idea in my mind to be a part of the change, but what can I do with this conviction in my heart? So I'm thrilled that the conversations are happening. One of the things that I was thinking about actually prior to going into the movie, and my husband and I were talking about this, is this passion that I have for the average person, the average person doing the work to change the world. And so he and I were talking about that a bit before we went in. And I feel like that's something within this podcast too, that has been an ethic is this idea that, you know, like everybody goes and I'm not criticizing anybody here. I think it's awesome to hear from all people from all walks and all places in society. But You know, a lot of people are focused on getting the speakers, the authors, you know, and that's exciting when that happens. And I think there's a great purpose in that. But I love talking to the everyday person. One of the things that I wonder about is how does the like cult of personality and the way that we build people up? and put them on pedestals. How does that stop us from doing our own work? I wonder, does that make people feel like, well, but so-and-so is doing this, and I could never be so-and-so. I could never do this. And for me, I feel like if we're going to organize and we're going to create revolutionary change, it has to happen with each and every individual, in a sense. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I understand statistically speaking, there's a certain percentage of the population that one needs, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just, I'm speaking a little bit more philosophically on this. This idea that like for people who are listening to us and who who went to the movie, we all were inspired, but how do we turn that into action? How do we turn that into action? Yes, that is the question. And with that, I want to talk a little bit about a webinar that we are going to offer to our Patreon community this Sunday. If you are currently um, subscribed as a member of our Patreon community, awesome. You're going to get notified of this invitation to join us for this upcoming webinar on Sunday. And if you are not, then we invite you to go on over to patreon.com, search Speaking of Racism, and it will give you all the information about how to join this community that we have recently started. The purpose of this community is for deeper engagement, to take the conversations that we start here on the podcast and go to another level with it. Uh, Allow people to be in conversation uh, and communication and community with Jen and I on a deeper level for people who want to not only get the information that we share here on the podcast, but for people who want to learn to engage and imply the things that we are talking about from an anti-racist perspective. And so with this conversation about Brian Stevenson and about the movie Just Mercy, we, we're going to talk about on Sunday, I have a, a cover of Newsweek. I have a copy of Newsweek magazine from December 2018. And on the cover is a picture of Brian Stevenson standing in front of some jars of soil that have been collected from lynching sites around the country. And the cover title is, Yes, America is Racist, Now What? So when this magazine cover came out, obviously that statement about America being racist, it's very, it's jarring, it's provocative, it's uh, controversial. Um, But this was a time that I remember not even being able to find this particular issue of Newsweek magazine. And I believe that suppliers um, were just choosing to not put this cover um, on the, you know, at the checkout stands at the grocery store, like they do all the other Newsweek magazines, because this indictment of America being racist was just too much. And so I had to seek it out. I actually had to call in my Facebook community to search the country to see if they could find this issue of Newsweek magazine. And it wasn't that I didn't know that I could all Newsweek themselves and say, hey, can you mail me a copy? I wanted to be able to walk into a a store that carries this national magazine, probably international. I wanted to be able to walk in and see Brian Stevenson on the cover with this bold statement. Um, And I never saw that. And I lived in Georgia at the time. Anyway, all of this to say, this is what we're going to talk about for our webinar on Sunday. The differences between how Brian's message and the message of the Equal Justice Initiative has not changed. And yet we look at today, this movie, Just Mercy, which has an A-plus rating, which it truly deserves. You know, the performances of, of Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx are remarkable. But interesting how the country is embracing the message of Just Mercy. And yet the country is not embracing the message of True Justice and Brian Stevenson and the work of the EJI. Not the same. It, it's not being embraced the same. So I want to unpack that. 
Isn't that it interesting? Is. So we'll, we'll unpack that on Sunday at the webinar. So we invite our listeners to follow us. Come on over, join our Patreon community, and be a part of the conversation this Sunday. Okay, so for my joy moment this week, it is going to be my meditation practice. So I have a series of what we call spiritual practices. And as a yoga teacher and a yoga student, one of my spiritual practices is meditation. In the yoga philosophy, there are eight limbs of yoga, and I'll be talking about this quite a lot in future episodes, but one of the limbs of yoga is meditation. So anyway, meditation is a regular part of my life, and so my joy moment this week has really, it has been an app called Liberate. And this is a meditation app by people of color for people of color. And it is something that I think I downloaded a few months ago, especially recently as I I kind of go back and forth between my meditation being just sitting in stillness. And sometimes my meditation looks like guided meditation. And so that's what this app has been for me um, over the past week in particular, where I've just really wanted and been needing some guidance during my meditation time. And so being able to go to this app and search through the different categories. There's a variety of categories, everything from talking about the body, talking about our ancestors, talking about love and and self-care. And there's just a a variety of, of different talks as well as guided meditations that you can choose from. So being able to go to my phone and open up that app and kind of scroll through and see what I'm feeling in that moment, and then be able to set and choose one of the meditations that are either 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes, it has just brought me so much joy because it is a lifeline. My meditation practice is a lifeline for me. It is what I rely on to keep me balanced. So that is my joy moment. I I want every uh, black and brown and and person of color listening to this to immediately, whether you've got a, a droid or an iPhone, to go to the app store and download Liberate. It is a free app, but they are also asking for donations. You can contribute monthly to them because it obviously takes money to produce something like this. And it's been such a tremendous resource for me And I wanted to share that with our audience and and encourage people to go and download that and use that. It's a great tool. So I came across an author through Instagram quite some time ago, and I finally decided to purchase a couple of his books. And I started reading this book, They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us. And it's written by Hanif Abdurraqib. Hanif is a music writer. So I started reading this book and the intro of his book was written by Eve Ewing. E-W-I-N-G is her last name. She wrote the intro to this book and I'm sitting there and I'm reading this intro and I'm like, and who is this amazing gifted writer? And it was just one of those moments where like, I love well-crafted work when it comes to writing. And there are these times when I enter into a a space and read somebody's work, and it just feels like I can breathe deeper and have entered into this amazing, beautiful space. So I was excited to learn about her, to get his work and start reading it. And for this new year, something that I've really wanted to do is get back into listening to music and reading outside of the realm of 
history. So I'm just excited to find these authors and enter into their worlds through their words. So that's my joy moment. That's great. I love that. Okay, so now going into our Black Spotlight of the Week. So each episode, um, on a weekly basis, we want to highlight a Black business, entrepreneur, influencer, educator, author, speaker, teacher that we want to just highlight and raise awareness about their work in the world, their presence in the world, and, and whatever gifts they are sharing with all of us. So for this week, we are highlighting and spotlighting Letty of Sincerely Letty podcast. And Letty is a historian. She's a speaker. She's a racial and social justice advocate. And she has a podcast that is incredibly informative and educational. And if you all have not yet heard her podcast, if you are not yet following her, please do so. You can find her on Instagram at sincerely.letty. And also, you can also find her on Facebook. And we are really excited because Letty will be joining us in February for our legacy trip in Montgomery. So we will be talking to her more and sharing more about her work in the world. But for now, today, our Black Spotlight is on Letty Shoemate. That's awesome. We love you, Letty. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it for our episode today. Thank you all so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed our replay last week of a episode from the archives about MLK Day. So hope you enjoyed that episode last week. And we are looking forward to talking with you all next week where we will share with you what it was like when Jen and I met for the first time in person and spent time together in LA. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks. <laughs>